Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. What? You forget my name? your name. You're going to call me Mac Daddy? No, I didn't. You know, honestly, I was going to introduce our guest first, and I'm like, oh, well, I'll let you introduce our guest. Oh, he's it, not really a guest. No, man, he's 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 an icon. He is an icon. He's our he's our regular. He's he's on the posters. I just got Mr. tongue tied tied. See, Mr. I still can't say it. I didn't know who to introduce Mr. Next. Barry Rice. Mr. Himself. Barry Rice in the house, the, the ladies legend. and gentlemen. It's so good to be here, man. God bless you guys. A legend. We are freezing today. It is. It's cold in Florida. In Florida. Yeah. Next so, week, I heard it's going to get down into the thirty twos. Think 32s down yeah. to the 30 not the 30s it's yeah. down to the 32 yeah. it was there was frost on my yard yesterday i don't know you we guys, were at 34 i think two days ago right Ooh, it was cold well yeah, i which gave is my what, dogs uh water the other day yeah. and before the water came out of it was the cold. ice it was ice. <laughs> yeah i could not believe that <laughs> yeah in orlando our brazilian friends have been posting celsius so i think it's been like five degrees celsius so anybody uh, that's listening around the world that's celsius it was five degrees celsius yeah it was zero yesterday celsius yeah, it was. 1.67. There you go. So, Pete, we had a chance to go to a, a golf tournament last week. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And it was crazy because, yeah. like, the first two days it was 80 degrees, and then the yep. ladies froze on Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah. I don't know. People like talking about the weather. I, my daughter was so excited yesterday morning because there was frost on the ground. Yeah. There was ice on the houses. She's like, Daddy, 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 can it snow? You know, I'm like, well... It, Yep. Yes, if it could rain, but it's my not youngest going daughter. To. My youngest daughter got in her car and she goes, "Dad, what is this foreign stuff on my window? <laughs> and what do I do with it?" And so she had to learn to defrost, turn on heater, warm it up, get outside to scrape it off. So yeah, that was news for her. But the golf tournament was fun. I mean, we um, LPGA. We had to follow the ladies, and then also celebrity. Yeah. And so that was really cool. So we hung out with what Roger Clemens, Tim Wakefield. Yeah. yeah. Who else was there? Marcus Allen was there. Yep. What type of um, who were non baseball celebrities? Uh, Brett Bear was there. Brett Bear, the Fox News guy. Who else? There was um, um, the, the, the oh, guy without the guy with uh, man the no leg guy. Man, uh, he could hit the golf ball. Yeah, too. I forgot his name though. Yeah, he was there. It was um, he was limping. Yeah, yeah it'll yeah. come to me. Pfeiffer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah, the veteran. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. Man, yeah, I know you laugh. You guys are awful, man. <laughs> Describing the guy with his lack of appendages. Yeah, yeah, Barry, that guy. guy could hit a golf ball. He was a really mile. good. It was, it was unbelievable. The Will Smith guy. Who was the guy? Prince of Bel Air. Uh, Carlton. Charlton. What's what's his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alfonso. Alfonso. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He's really competitive. He said a bad word. He said a lot of bad words. <laughs> he was very competitive. <laughs> He, he hit a shot that wasn't quite up to par, uh, pardon the pun. And what and was fun is getting to talk to them. It was. Yeah. Everybody was very friendly, yeah. though. It was, it was, it's it, a cool, it's a cool vibe. There was, so we were at Lake Nona Country Club, which is right here in our, basically our backyard. But, you, you know, I've been to golf tournaments before, and especially, you know, if you like follow Tiger Woods, you can't see him because there's 17 people deep. Yeah. We were able to get like right up to the ropes, oh. talk to the people. I mean, and, literally, and like, Pete is really shy. So as people would go by, he would just start talking to them. Hey, is it true that I heard he was grabbing people and stuff? No, no, but I was. we were that close. Pete is not shy. We not, were that close. It was fun talking to them. I was just looking to speak life into these people. That's it. Great shot. You look great. Yeah. You know? Pete, Pete, like, hey, that was a really good shot. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah who are you? Yeah, just having fun. <laughs> And he's like, I'm Pete Robertson from the Riot Podcast. Yeah, you want to be on the show? <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't say. You should have. That would have been really cool. 
no, here's well, my card. It was fun. And then we also did something else. On something this more important yeah. than a golf tournament happened this weekend. Well, I had the launch of oh. Goat Church. I was like, was did you very, forget? very cool. What do you think, Barry? This has been a lot of work going yeah, into to this, you know, to this day. A lot of prayer. You know, one of the things I said, Bob, is that this this day is about two things. It's about redemption and second chances. Aren't you glad that God is about second chances? Amen. You know, this is our second time launching a church in, in this Orlando, Lake Nona area. And I'm just so thankful to be able to do that and be a part of it. And our team did an amazing job. Yeah, the service itself was uh, just flowed so nice. And um, what Barry did was he... He, he shared his story, so the redemption story. He shared, you know, how God has been working and, and what he's doing in his life, and he shared it with God's story. And it just went together so, so good, and uh, it really connected. I was I was in the back watching, and uh, and I was I told this uh, to Barry earlier, I was watching all the people, and they're nodding and how they were paying attention, and everybody was just engaged in it. And uh, it was just, it connected so well. And then you could just sense the spirit there. And uh, I think you said it best that everybody overperformed or we all outdid ourselves or yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. it was just one of those type of days. It's just, it, really it just God clicked. On that. Yeah. Very you know, cool. You know, that's, that's our goal as a church and it's gochurch.life is that we would be blessed by the presence of God and be able to communicate the word of God. And we know that that will transform lives. And so that's our goal to see lives transformed. And uh, God did that. He answered our prayers and, he showed up in a mighty powerful way. And, and I, you know, I'm so thankful that you guys were there and, and Bob is, is just really doing a great job, him and his wife and family and Sammy and, and, uh, what a, what a privilege it is to serve the Lord. Right. Amen. So Barry, if there's maybe people in Orlando that are listening and don't have a church home, how could, how can they find you? I, I heard you give the website real quick there, but where can you give a little more about where it's located and uh, how to get a hold of us if, if they wanted to do this so? Ladies and gentlemen, we go. would be awesome <laughs> to have you at uh, the Hope of Kalaga High School on Sunday mornings uh, at 1030. Toho. Yes, sir. And that's on Boggy Creek Road, very, very close to southeast Orlando. Uh, I mean, we're right by the turnpike. We're right by 417, and it's very easy to find, and uh, we'd love to have you. We would be so honored. We have a beautiful facility, a $75 million facility uh, that the school rents to us and gives us an opportunity to reach the people. So. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Made me think of coming to America. You remember that black guy that's in there, and he was a preaching up on stage? He's like, yeah, hey, uh, you're just coming in. To, uh, you know. Yeah, was that Eddie was Murphy? It Eddie Murphy? Yeah. yeah, he played that, that role. Was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> he, he, it was a it was a pageant, right? Yeah, it was a yeah, beauty yeah. pageant, yeah. and he would say, "When I look at these women yeah, on yeah. stage, I it, know there's a god." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So here's that took a weird. Turn. So here's no, no. Here's the truth, though. <laughs> if you're coming to go church, yeah, just know that you're gonna be loved. Yes, there's gonna be a light atmosphere. You're gonna be able to laugh and have fun, but more than anything else. There's going to be a seriousness about Jesus, and you're going to grow spiritually, and you're going to love Him, and uh, and you're going to have great fellowship because you're going to be loved. I so. love Barry said I, a couple things on Sunday. He's like, um, you know, if, if you're looking for religion, this isn't the place for yeah. you. And he goes, if you're perfect, don't come here because you'll mess it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but well, he spoke truth. Right? It's so many broken people, and yes. and you know, my family uh, is definitely understanding and. 
and uh, broken people. And, and I said I would do this on the way over here. I talked to J.D., and I said I would give J.D. a shout-out. J.D. Rice, thank <laughs> you for praying for us. Thank you for your support. Buddy. Another legend. Right. I can't wait to have him back on the show. Yeah. It was one of our better shows, and that was at the beginning. It was. Yeah, yeah it's been a year. It's time yeah. to come back, J.D. I know you're listening, so <laughs> next time you're in town, bud. Shovel that snow. Right? Ooh, that's true. He's in he's in Virginia. Got to be getting snow. So we uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been just diving into this amazing book of John. Um, let me give you our show title for today. It's The Lamb of God is Jacob's Ladder. With D's. I, with <laughs> inside joke. <laughs> Not really that much inside. He misspelled the word. It's okay. Ladders, is, it sounds like I was thinking of the ladder right? It does, yeah. like it. Yeah. it does sound like it. It does sound like it. Okay. But let's, let's open up in prayer. Um, Pete, if you don't mind, would you open us up in prayer today? Sure. Lord, we are just, uh, again, so grateful and humbled, Lord, that um, we get to just talk about you and that we get to just humble ourselves and bring you glory and lift your name on high. And I just pray that each person that's listening to this and that they would just be able to hear your truth that they would just be able to hear your love come through the the mic today, Lord, that they would just experience your goodness. And Lord, more than anything else, that they would just want to fall on their face, fall on their knees before you and worship you. God, you're the reason why we do this. Uh, Lord, our audience has always been one. Lord, we want to just uh, make you famous. Yeah. And so, Lord, I pray that whoever's listening to this, that they too would just want to repent of their sins and Lord, just find a way to make you famous to their friends, to everybody in the world. Lord, you are so good. You are worthy of our praise. And so, Lord, we give you this time. We give you our, our lives, and we just worship you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, as we learned two podcasts ago, John records in his first chapter, in the first chapter of John, the seven names and titles Jesus identifies with as the eternal God. We first studied in verses 1 through 3 that Jesus is the Word of God. In verse 14... He is God in the flesh. In verse 4 through 13, we learn that he is the light of the world. And in verses 15 through 28, that he is the Son of God. In our reading today of John, verses 29 through 51, in in the same chapter, chapter 1, we will see that Jesus is the Lamb of God. In verses 29 through 34, the Messiah. And in 35 through 42, the King of Israel. And then lastly... Um, the Son of Man in verses 50 and 51. So yeah. let's read. Uh, we won't read the whole thing at once. But, if, you, but, but. if you're if if you you listening to this, I encourage you, if you didn't hear the first two, go back and listen to, I don't know what episodes, producer, what episodes are we on? 63? Was that 62 and 63? And this is 64? 63 and 4? Okay. But go back and listen. But let's go ahead and read. Okay. Go. Excellent. <clears throat> so the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him. And said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Do you think uh, John the Baptist knew that this was a foreshadow of uh, Genesis 22 through 7? Remember when um, Abraham was saying, you know, he's going to sacrifice his son Isaac, 
And, and at that time, and he says, well, I don't, what are we going to sacrifice father? You know? And he goes, well, you're going to be the sacrifice. And, he, and then behold, out of that, they, there was a lamb sitting there and then they were able to offer that lamb as a burnt offering. Um, but I believe that this is a, again, a foreshadowing. I think John the Baptist realized that, that this is again, the lamb of God, that he's going to be the ultimate sacrifice. I, I don't know if he fully comprehended it at the time, but hmm. I can see that thoughts bear. Yeah, what a powerful picture we have because, you know, every Jewish kid had an idea in his mind, it, you know, from when they were kids, they had an idea in their mind of the slaughtering of lambs yeah. and the screaming of lambs and, and the the lamb's blood. And now John is the one, uh, the voice in the wilderness that is saying, behold, the lamb of God, man, what a powerful powerful thought this is god's provision this this is god's answer this is this is the person that god has sent that there is no other this is the one and i love it about john and and by the way i love this book that you guys are doing uh whenever someone gets see, saved i tell them to read yeah. this book first it is yeah. such a a great uh, teaching and and so much rich nuggets here and like I think Bob has said that it's going to take two years to get through it <laughs> who cares right it is so much fertile teaching here but but looking at Jesus as the Lamb of God he is God's provision and he is the one who is sent from God what a beautiful picture yeah and, and talking about that Passover uh, part it says in Exodus 12 12 through 13 it said God said that when he saw the lamb's blood on the doorframe of the house he would pass over that home and not permit the destroyer um, in Exodus you know 12 23 to enter so at home with the blood of the lamb would have their firstborn son struck down that night. So uh, that was the lamb that saved Israelite. So by sacrificing that lamb and putting the blood, um, they were saved. They, their firstborn was not taken. Um, and so I think that's part of what the Israelites were thinking at the time. In Exodus twelve fourteen, it says, God instructed the Israelites to observe the Passover feast in the last memorial. So this is instruction by God to tell them to continually do the Passover um, at that time. I don't know. Thoughts, Bob, in that part? Yeah, I think you're right about the foreshadowing, too. But yeah. you go back to Genesis, you got the picture of Abraham and, and Isaac on top of the mountain, and you know they've got everything for the sacrifice except for the actual sacrifice, right? And then God provides the lamb. And then you're talking about the, um, the Passover in Exodus. And then I was just thinking about uh, the, the verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 7. It says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Again, foreshadowing what Christ was going to do on the cross. Yeah, Peter saw the lamb in First Peter one nineteen. It says, "But but with the precious blood of Christ, like the lamb without blemish or spot." So here it is again. Jesus is saying that, "Hey, I see G Jesus as the Lamb of God. I believe that his sacrifice." was for the sins once and for all. So now, so the Israelites believe that once they sacrificed the lamb moving forward, that their sins were forgiven. But as we had a discussion in our prayer, and I think Barry had it, said it really well, he says, you know, it was a foreshadowing, but that's not what saved them. What saved them was a broken and contrite spirit. What saved them was their faith and believing that God could save them, believing that God was a good God and taking care of them. 
Um, but fast forward now to to what's happening here is the Israelites now are, are seeing this Jesus as the Lamb of God. They're not understanding. Oh, no, that's the foreshadow of what he's been trying to say the whole time. You know, the whole time was that you were sacrificing the, that there's life in the blood, the spilling of the blood. And that's, that's where you have, you know, that's where the salvation comes from, so to speak. And here's Jesus dying on the cross, rising again on the third day, sacrificing his blood, spilling out, rising up. And now he is the ultimate, he lived the perfect life. He was a spotless, you know, they had to have the, the lamb had to be perfect. Jesus was perfect in order to fulfill the holy requirements that God put. You know, and then at the same time that, um, you know, Jesus then by, you know, by faith in Jesus, we now have salvation. Our sins are now forgiven. Bear. You know, I want to ask our listeners a question, and and I think this is the most important question. Whose blood is on the doorpost of your house? Mm-hmm. You know, what what are you depending on? What, what are you placing on the, on the uh, doorpost of your heart, your children's heart, your family's heart? And, and what, what is going to cause the wrath of God to pass over you? And, you know, we were talking as well about the event of the crucifixion happened during Passover, right? That's why they had to speedily uh, put his body in a borrowed tomb. And, and, uh, when they came back to finish the job, you know, three days later, that's when they found the resurrection. And, and, you know, uh, this, this really points to John 14, six, where Jesus said, I am the way Mm -hmm. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the father except through me. He has become the ladder. We're going to talk about that later. He has become the bridge. He has become the only way between God and man. Yeah, and it's not a coincidence that in Mark uh, 14, 12, it says that Jesus was died on the Passover, you know, so the sacrificial lamb, it's like he's dying to, to, hello, hello, people, you know, I'm dying at this time. I mean, I am, you know, I am, as Barry was saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, you know, you, it's in me, it's in, it's in what I am doing. My sacrifice is going to save you for all eternity. I wrote this down a statement. I says, as at the fir- uh, as the first Passover marked the Hebrews' release from Egyptian slavery, so the death of Christ marks our release from the slavery of sin. Amen. All right, Romans eight two. It says, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So again, it's it's going back to the first Passover. The Lamb was set up by the law. That was to you know, to help the Israelites, you know, understand that, Hey, by doing this, you're, 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 you know, you're fulfilling a requirement that a holy God is requiring of you so that you are sacrificing something that's of worth to you so that God can recognize in, you know, showing again, it goes back to what we were saying before the faith that you have and believing that God can uh, give you, you know, salvation for sin. But that, that was only, that was only for a limited time. But when Jesus came on, when when he came as the Lamb of God, the first of that, he fulfilled sin for all of eternity. So Jesus fulfills our sin from past, present, and future. Wow. So that that is the significance of this. So when when John the Baptist said that I can't even, I'm not even worthy to, you know, is it's just untie his sandals, basically. You know, he's understanding that no, this is like grand, this is a big deal. This is Jesus that's taken away the sin of all of the world, not just the Jews, but everybody, Gentiles and all, you know, and that goes back to the promise that he gave Abraham, that I'm going to make you a father of many nations, the Gentiles included, that through your line, all the world can come to know through 
uh, who I, who Jesus is, who God is. And that is because he is the lamb of God, the perfect lamb of God. I love the humility of John the Baptist here. And, and he takes all the attention off himself and he's pointing to everybody and saying, behold, the lamb of God, mm. this is the one I am not the Messiah. I am not the one. This is the one. Yeah. Don't, don't be deceived. Don't, don't hear me clearly. I am the one that would come before this one. Mm. And he points to Jesus as the Lamb of God, the provision of God. Mm. John the Baptist understood that baptism for Jesus was in reference to the death, burial, and resurrection that he would endure on the cross as the sacrificial lamb. And he most likely knew Isaiah 53, 7 that we read earlier. Um, I can repeat it. He said, he is oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before the shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Yeah. So what's the significance of the death, burial, and resurrection? So remember it said it in Romans 6, 4. It says, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so as we remember what we said at the beginning that the old covenant with with the lamb sacrifice um, was was limited. But in the new covenant with Jesus, in associating ourselves with the death, burial, resurrection through baptism, because that's what John was saying, is that we are now walking with that new life that Jesus comes. It's I that no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. We are no longer living by our works or by what we achieve. We're now living by what Christ has done and by his sacrifice. We are now identified with that that Jesus, what by the Lamb of God, we are now identified as perfect, as holy, and so that's the newness of life. So when we're baptized, we're we're saying that our old, we're we're going down, we're going under the water, we're being, we're all of our old sins, everything, we're all of our old ways, we're 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 erasing them, we're cleansing them with the water, and when we come up, we're now associating with the resurrection of Jesus. And, and now we're having the newness of life that Christ now gives us. And so that's kind of what that's referencing. Barry, thoughts? Yeah, this newness of life is, is <clears throat> super huge because it only comes through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way that newness of life can happen. Yeah, did you read that part, Bob? The I don't even know if we read it. Did we read the... The verses, what was it, 35 through 42? I read 29 through 34. We haven't got into... 35 through 42? Yeah, we haven't got there yet. Oh, we're still working on that? Yep. Did we talk about when the Holy Spirit came and said, this is my son of whom I'm well placed? Did yeah, we read yeah, that? Yeah, that's oh. verse 32. I was just thinking, how cool is that? Yeah. Just imagine if you're sitting there, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, this is my son who I'm well please <laughs> listen to him, or whatever he said. Yeah, I don't said, I said saw that. the Spirit yeah. descend from heaven yeah. like a dove, and yeah. it remained on him. And then he said what? I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit, speaking of Jesus, descended, see the Spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I think this was for John, because think about it. John might have been questioning at this time, if everything I'm saying, is this true? And God just put an exclamation point there. He just goes, wham, yes. No doubt in your mind. Yes, yeah. this is true. Yeah. Yes, everything that you just said, behold, the Lamb of God is true. Yes, fulfilled. Case closed. Mic drop, mic. <laughs> That's awesome. Mic drop. <laughs> Whatever I said. Yeah, get everything get all mixed up. All right, all you right. Know what, 
something else he says, uh, John says, he, he says he's a voice in the wilderness calling out. Where John starts this book, and I'm talking about John the Baptist. Yeah. John starts this whole book about talking about the word. Mm. John the Baptist is very, I mean, he makes it very clear that he's just a voice. He's not the word. Mm. But he's pointing to the word. I don't mm. know. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. There's a whole study on him being in the wilderness. Maybe we'll do it one day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Year three. Yeah. Year three. <laughs> All right, John now turns his attention to Jesus' first disciples. We see in verses 35 through, 30, uh, 35 through 42, John, the writer of this gospel, as one of his first disciples, along with Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Let's read, let's see, 35 through 42. All right, so let's just get it up. So the, yep, yep. what we're saying is that John, the gospel, the writer here of John, and Andrew are both disciples of John the Baptist. That's what we're saying. So yep. let's read it, and now we'll put it well, in context. Well, and it makes sense, too, because as you're— as you're listening to this or you're reading through this, I love where he keeps saying the next day and the next day yeah. where it's, you can tell it's an eyewitness account, yeah. right? He was yeah. there. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't hearsay. This yeah. isn't, you know, somebody told him this story and he, he was there. Yeah. And so I just love. So it. the writer is writing himself into this yep, gospel. That's this it. is where I come in. Yeah, that's right. This is it. I was a follower of, of John, John the Baptist. Baptist. Yeah. This is it. And then, yeah, the next day, again, John was standing with, two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher. Interesting that he defines that, right? Yeah. Where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. Again, how like so deliberate? Like he's even telling them the time of day that that this happened. It just it just blows me away. You know, I've always said this. I said, you know, we do not ever have to like have to defend the Bible. The Bible defends itself. It just it lays everything out. It's all open for the reader. Yeah, Barry. You know, I I was I was smirking here because I love the NIV translation of this, and it says uh, that Jesus turned around and he asked, "What do you want?" <laughs> Come it. on. I mean, you've got to say it if you want it. Come on. You got to tell me. Say it, baby. You know, come on. Come on. And and it says that uh, you know, rabbi, where are you staying? We want to hang out. Can can we go to where you're at? Can we can we can we hear more? We we are we're here to follow. We're here to learn. We're here to do. And and I love I I I have to point this out. I love how John the Baptist pushes off his followers to Jesus. And and he says, I must decrease in John three thirty, I must decrease and he must increase. Amen. And that was the heart of John the Baptist. And now this follower of John the Baptist, John that writes the book now writes himself into the story. This is, I was one of those followers. I was one of those two that heard John the Baptist, my, my mentor, my leader say, mm. behold the lamb. Of wow. God. Mm. And he does it in humility. Mm. So he never really, he doesn't say, oh, and I, and, I you told know, you so. You know, me and Andrew, <laughs> Andrew and I were here. He, he never even brings it, pulls or draws attention to himself. Well, again, let's just put this in context a little bit. So during this time, there was a movement happening of a revolt against the Roman government. So the, the, the Jewish people did not like to be occupied by Rome. And so they did that in, I believe it was AD 63, like 30 something years after. Remember in AD 70 was when they finally said enough and they took the temple down 
and they destroyed it. But there was a there was there that was the culture during that time. They believed that the Messiah was going to come to overthrow the government. And so they were they were sensing because there was like 400 years there was no prophets, there was nothing happening. There was just complete silence. So they had expectation that this was going to happen. And then here's John the Baptist coming on the scene at the time. And so John and Andrew are 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 listening to John the Baptist and he's saying, "No, I'm making I'm fulfilling prophecy. I'm making way for the Messiah." And so they're anticipating even more that, hey, John the Baptist has been saying this for some time. So now here it is, the Messiah, he's here and he's just been baptized right in front of our eyes. We just heard audibly from God that he is the son of God. And so now Jesus is wanting to check them and he's asking them straight up, are you here to overthrow the the government? Are you here to worship me? Well, John the Baptist was also saying repent for what? The kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. It's coming. Yep. The king is coming. Yep. And and so wouldn't that make you think that? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, we talked about this last week on the show when when John said to repent of your sins, he was talking to the Gentiles and the Jews alike. And we talked about how the Pharisees back in that day, when they baptized people, they always baptized Gentiles into the Jewish faith. But here he's baptizing Jews. And what he's telling them is you need to prepare your heart. To, so that you can, when the Messiah is here, you can receive all that he is, that you can understand all that he's talking about. And so here is Andrew and John. They've listened to what John the Baptist said. They repented and they're now prepared to receive the Messiah. And now he's introducing the Messiah. And now the transfer has taken place. Now Jesus, this, I just got goosebumps. Jesus' ministry at this very moment is beginning. He's got his first disciples right here. We're seeing it take place. The fulfillment is happening right here. That got that was oof. that was good. You think Jesus is like this is it? I finally got I got I got followers. Now my ministry can start. Well, I mean, he I don't think knew. he was because, but then he's asking though. Yeah. Well, Again, because, he, but he, I mean, when he turned the water, and we're going to read this. When he turned the water into wine, he says, "My my ministry's not yet started." He was gathering yeah. the troops at that time. He was he was getting ready for the launch. But yeah, this is and technically is kind of the beginning of that. Well, let me finish the section. All right. Okay, so we read down to verse forty, and verse forty says. One, I love this. Again, he he calls out Andrew, but he again doesn't say who the other one is. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah. Again, and he defines it, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. You know, I, one of the things that we didn't touch on was when he said, come and see. And, and I was just thinking, you know, when we are, I, I was just sharing on our prep. I said, you know, the, we, people know us, know that we're saved by the word of our testimony. And so based off of my testimony of what Jesus, how Jesus has transformed my life, I'm sharing with other people, Hey, I've met this Jesus and Jesus touched me and my whole life has changed. I, I now see things totally different. And, and they ask, really? Well, how do I get that? Or what? Well, come and see, let me, let me introduce you to my Jesus. You know, and it, and it goes with whatever. It's like uh, we were talking, Barry, about you share that story about you inviting somebody because you were doing something at the Dollar Tree yeah, or something. Yeah, my to come and see story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, I was hanging up a banner 
uh, about our church starting at the school that we're meeting at and and the uh, bungee cords broke and I had to go to Family Dollar and get a couple more bungee cords. And while I was there, there was a, a gentleman uh, with his hood up and, and a lady and I asked them, I said, can I help you in any way? They said, well, do you have a pair of jumper cables? And I said, yeah, sure I do. And so I jumped their car and we had a conversation and I invited them to church and, and gave them a flyer about our church starting. And, and Lord and behold, uh, Mad Dog or Big Dog, <laughs> Big Dog, Big Dog and Sunshine came to our service and just was was really blessed. And, and uh, they have found the church, they said. And, and uh, I just uh, what a blessing to just love on someone, serve them and help them in any way I could. And for them to show up at church. That's yeah, a- yeah, he was. I talked to him a little bit while he was there. I mean, this guy was looked like a biker and he looked like he was, you know, a little rough around the edges. And, and that just shows me though, that, that the heart for one of Barry, that he's just not shy and he just goes right in there. But two, that it, that you don't judge a book by its cover. No. And that guy was, that guy knew Jesus and he was a former hell's angel from, we come to find out. Come and, on now. and he had just, he had a heart to want to know God. And it, and here he's probably in an area looking for a church. He's probably, you know, he's, I think he even mentioned that he was trying to find a place, a place, a home and whatever. And he found that, but it was because Barry basically said, come and see how basic, how simple Barry was available. Barry had jumper cables. Barry had a card, and he just said, "Come and see." And boom! Look at now. There's a person, and his testimony. I can't wait to hear it. I mean, it's. I try to get a little bit out of him, but I mean, you guys are going to get more than I do. But it's just, it's amazing. You know, <laughs> who knows? He may be on the podcast one day. <laughs> That'd be exciting. <laughs> we want to introduce to you today, Big, Big Dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's so good. Before we move oh, on, Pete, I, I, something I wanted to share that kind of kind of struck me, and Barry touched on this a little bit when he was talking about how uh, John the Baptist was kind of pushing his, you know, the, the, he had those followers, he had John and Andrew, and he he did not hold them back to to go see Jesus. Mm. And the and the lesson and the and the, the note that I wrote when I was reading that was, we need to be careful to not love our teacher more than our Messiah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think too many, especially in American churches, people follow the preacher or they yeah. follow the put teacher. Them on L, they the put them on this. Yeah, they're on this yeah. pedestal. Yeah. And they they love that person, X, whoever that person is. They love them more than they love the Messiah. we mm. got to be careful to not fall into that trap. So these people are following John the Baptist, who Jesus himself calls the, the greatest man ever born of woman, right? Mm-hmm. So they're following this, the greatest man ever, and they're still, when the Messiah comes, you follow the Messiah. Yeah, that kind of gets back to his verse that we're going to see here, that I must decrease and he must increase. I mean, again, it just, it shows his heart. And, it, and it's like, it, you know, from a pastor's standpoint, the pastor should be saying, don't take my word for it. Get in your word and yeah. study it yourself. Know this Jesus, you know, and, and know him more than what I am saying to you. And listen to him ultimately. Um, more than anything else. You know, that is so true, Bob. Uh, well said, man. You know, and I speak to the leaders out there. We're, we're not connecting people to ourselves. We, That's right. we, we're going to die and we're going to go and we're going to fail. And we have always got to be mindful exactly what Bob is saying here, that we are connecting them to the Messiah, not to us as their master. We, we are just another servant. And as we serve, we're connecting them to Jesus. Amen. And you know what? When they move away, when you move away from the church pastor, 
pastor and when 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 your ministry goes two different ways and and they go a different way they'll still be following the messiah so as we continued on with the come and see thought process in verse 41 bob that you just read it says he first found his brother simon so this is Andrew, found yep. Simon, and he said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and he said, so you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. But that word Messiah in the Hebrew means the anointed. And so I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then it says, you know, the Christ, as it says, you know, the, you are the Christ. But to the Jews, they understood this statement to be the son of God. Kings were called God's anointed in 1 Samuel 26, 11. So when the Jews spoke about their Messiah, they were thinking of the king who should come to deliver them and establish the kingdom. So let's just go back. So the, the first temple mentality or theology was all the way up until Babylon. When Babylon came, he destroyed, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed their temple. So there was no longer any temple. They lived in Babylon for 70 years. And then they were given the permission by the Persians to go back into uh, the, 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 the land. And then Nehemiah was given the, the option to be able to start rebuilding. He was the rebuilder to start rebuilding the temple. But from there, after Babylon, there was no more king. So you have to understand that there was no king. And so they were saying, okay, when's the, the next king going to come? So the next king, because of that separation, must be the God, Messiah, must be that. And so when they're talking about, uh, when, he's, when John is talking about this, they understood that to be the anointed, God's anointed. So Jesus, the Messiah, was God's anointed. And so, um, so the cross came before the crown. They did not understand the mysteries of God written in the Old Testament. So that's kind of what I see here also, is that they were like, okay, well, we, you're supposed to be the king. You're supposed to, you know, I mean, how many times did the disciples say, when are we going to overthrow, you know, the government? You know, when are we going to raise up our army? And he looked around, there's only a few people here. When are we going to do it? They just didn't get it. It just wasn't registering what his whole purpose was. And so there was many mysteries, and and we talked about this kind of in the in the prep show. Remember what uh, Paul was saying in Ephesians three through three through six. It said the mystery was made known to me by revelation. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind, and has now been revealed to the holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and shares in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So they did not understand that. They were thinking that here's Messiah. So Peter probably at the time was like, okay, cool. I'll be a warrior. He probably was thinking that. Peter had that mentality. He was probably thinking, okay, are we, is he going to train us? Are we going to raise up a king? How are we going to get all these people? I mean, he full, I mean, he was listening to Jesus' teaching so often. He's just like, I don't have any idea what you're getting at. Why are you saying this? How is this going to prepare us to over, overthrow the government? And so there's probably confusion. And that's what, that's kind of what it's alluding to here. And, but Jesus saw through it and he was saying, no, Peter, you know what? You're surrendering your life to me. And not only are you, you're not no longer called Simon, but you're going to become Cephas. You're going to become a rock. It's going to be upon your shoulders that I'm going to build this church. And, and, and he didn't, he probably didn't comprehend it at the time, but come Acts 2, it probably all came to light when in the Pentecost where he was like, oh my gosh. God is going to, it all made sense. The mysteries all came. As, as Paul said, the revelation was given, you know? So I don't know, thoughts of that? Yeah, just like you're saying, Pete, they, they realized that 
all the way back to um, Isaac and Abraham and the promise there that the nations would be blessed and how Abraham led his son Isaac up on the mountain and and where's the lamb at where's the lamb at like you were saying in the introduction all of these things the the boat of Noah all the things of of Moses all all these things that was pointing to the Messiah coming all 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 just just uh, flowed into their mind as as that's everything was pointing to the cross the passover was pointing to the cross everything was opening up that door but uh, you know those who are involved with ministry i want you to look and notice here the the plan the master plan of evangelism yeah andrew went and got his brother yep. and he said you know as part of our come and see he said come and see what i found i have found the messiah come and see and what if everyone wouldn't got their brothers and sisters in the church? I mean, it wouldn't take no time to reach the community because everybody's connected to everybody. Everybody's kin to everybody. And, you know, seeing the life change happen that way, bring your family, bring your cousins, bring your kin to Christ and let them see the difference that he makes. Yeah, that when you said that it's here's evangelist setup, it's also this. So you bring in your friends, you're saying come and see. They come to church and it's all mystery to them. So they're sitting there, a lot of times they're listening to the pastor, listening to the preacher, like they're trying to comprehend themselves. And and over time the revelation of Jesus will then become more clear to them. And so it's the same thing that's happening here. And they they were there for three years spending time with Jesus and they were still kind of clueless, but finally one day the pastor said something or they listened to on the radio or whatever happened. All of a sudden their eyeballs went, oh, that's what that means. And so I can kind of see that, you know, in today. So any thoughts, Bob? I'm just thinking how I think unfairly judgmental I, I've been to the Jews. I'm like, yeah, how did you, you guys all, you knew about, they knew the Bible. They knew the Old Testament. And then here is the Messiah in their front yard and they miss it. But like you're saying, I mean, the disciples were missing it too. Yeah. I mean, they're spending 24-7 with Jesus, and they still, for the most part, missed it. And right up to What the about very James, end. Bob, his brother? Yeah. Yeah. He grew up with him yeah. and saw him turn the, the water into yeah. wine, you yeah. know? It's, he, he didn't believe until after until the, the resurrection. resurrection. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? So, I, you know, I, I, I should... <laughs> I shouldn't be judgmental, but I'm just being open and honest. I mean, so many times I'm like, how did they miss this? I, but we have the beauty of hindsight and, and the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Now, to help us interpret when we're, we're reading this stuff, they didn't have that. But I also think that God does that to us on purpose. I think that he He blinds our eyes from certain things because we're not ready to receive it. And I think that because of maybe our uh, where our, we were at with the walk, maybe we're not completely humbled. Maybe there's certain things in our life that we're holding on to, and and we're just not able to see His truth because of that. And I think when we surrender our lives and we get right with the Lord and we're there, over time, I've I can testify that my eyes started seeing new things. I started reading the Bible differently over time. And I think at the beginning, so I think that part of it was that Jesus, God was just revealing these things to them. And then all of a sudden, after it all, the revelation of all that he was saying all came to light. I think John in the last part was saying, there's so many things that he even spoke about that we can't even, you know, volumes upon volumes, yes. we didn't even put into yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. So you see this as part of the process of sanctification? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I That's think good. so. Yeah. Let me share one more thing that kind of struck me um, about, about Andrew is... When you're when you're reading through this, he didn't. Andrew didn't go and say, "Well, what, 
when I get to know Jesus better or when I get to, you know, when I know the Bible better or when I feel more comfortable in my faith, I'll go share it. He immediately went to his brother. This is the same day. And I know it's the same day because as you're reading through this and then we get to, we get to verse 43, again, he's like, and then the next day, and then the next day, and I've talked about that twice already, but it just really so struck So you're me. saying the pastor was in the same series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't moved on. So he, Andrew met Jesus and immediately went and shared it. I think that's a testimony to John the Baptist's faithfulness. And, and so John the Baptist did his job properly. And I, and I think it's a testimony. And again, it goes to back to pastors, goes back to anybody. Um, if your job is to say, come and see, and then get them to Jesus, and, and they are able to receive Jesus, you did your job properly. And you know, that's that basically all I have is what I have. Here's my testimony. Here's how God's changed my life. Here's what I understand to be true of him. But come and see, find out for yourself. You know, and if you are being filled with the Holy Spirit and God is pouring pouring out you out like a drink offering and you're being used by him and you're talking to people you sin, and all of a sudden boom the light bulbs go off so john the baptist did his job that's a testimony again props to john had him ready had him prepared that's it maybe this is the way we move on bob but i i'm really wanting our listeners to hear the conversation that you brought up uh in our pre-service meeting uh about there had to be a cross before the crown mm. Talk more about that. And yeah. I think, isn't that where you're going to transition to there, Bob? Somewhere like right in there? Um, I think that's, we're getting into um, more of the Philip and Nathaniel. But again, if, if, well, going back to the, the Israelites, they believed that Jesus was coming to prepare them to be an army, you know, to, to rise up against the Roman government so that they would become their own kingdom again. And so they did not want to be occupied and they did not understand what a lamb of God is. They did not understand sacrifice. They did not comprehend that this Messiah had a different plan, had a different agenda. And, and we'll just talk about that. How often do we think that Jesus could be, um, you know, has one plan for our lives, but then all of a sudden something completely different happens. You know, when we trust the Lord, he just, he has his own plan. I don't know, Bob, what were you going to say to that? Yeah, I, here's one of my notes I wrote down when we were doing this. It just says, they thought the Messiah was going to deliver them from Rome, but their problem isn't Caesar, it's sin. Mm. And so that's why he was really here. He's he was, purging them. Yeah. 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 He wow. was revealing to them. And we'll get into that when we get into Jacob. We'll talk about um, wrestling with God and so forth. You know, I want to ask you again, what is painted on your doorpost? Is it the blood of Jesus or is your doorpost empty and you have no covering? My friend, I I just want you to have a covering for your home. And the only blood that will work, it will not work your blood, your children's blood, anybody else's blood. The blood of any other animal will not work. It's only the blood of Jesus that will work. And I ask you, on the doorpost of your life, do you have the blood of Jesus? Because it's the only access into your true destiny of a relationship with God. Here's what you must do to, to sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon your heart, upon your life, and upon your family. You must admit that you're a sinner and that you're in need of a Savior, that the sin of your life 
brings down the wrath of God that you no longer measure up, that we don't measure up because of our sin. Number two, you must believe that God's lamb, Jesus Christ, is the son of God, that he died on your behalf. He paid, he became the payment of your sin and that uh, he rose again the third day and he is alive. And lastly, you must confess him as your Lord and Savior, not just Savior, but your Lord, the leader of your life, not just a seeker of knowledge, but a humble servant of the Lord, that you surrender your life to Christ and you say, Lord, my life is yours. Take me. And I want to lead you in a prayer to help you do that. Would you just pray this prayer after me? Would you just say, dear God, I believe you are the true Messiah and that you're the only hope for all of eternity. And I come admitting today that I'm a sinner and that I don't measure up and that I am the one in need. And I believe that you are the son of God, that you died, that you defeated death, you defeated sin, you defeated the grave, you defeated the enemy of Satan, and that you are the one true king, that you really are the Messiah. And I believe that you not only died, but you were buried and that you rose again the third day. And because you are alive and because you are the Messiah and because you are the only way, I confess my allegiance to you. I surrender and I invite you to sit on the throne of my life. And I ask you to save me and I ask you to make me a child of God. And I ask you to, to lead me into heaven for all of eternity. I surrender my life to you and I pray that you will help me to become the person you want me to be. And I pray this in the only name I can pray it, in the name of Jesus, amen. I just wanna thank you for tuning in today to this podcast and listen to us. And if you gave your life to Christ, tell us about it and tell your friends and family yes. about it. Yes. Tell them to come and see. Pete, tell, them how, tell us how to do that. Yeah, if you um, go onto our, 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 what am I saying? Website? Yeah, that one. Um, go to riotpodcast.co and you will be able to see there's a no God button on there. Go ahead and click that and fill out that information and say, I accepted Jesus into my heart. And we would love to get in contact with you. We'll, we'll, we'll reach out to you, get you the material that you might need to get you started. Um, if you're not a part of a church, we'll help get you connected to a, to a local Bible believing church and, uh, Lord, what a great show, yeah. man. This is powerful. Thoughts? Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with the thought I wanted to leave you guys with is just that we talked about earlier is, you know, are, do you just know Jesus or do, are you following Jesus? Mm. And uh, I, I think that's that's my takeaway from from chapter one of John, and uh, looking forward to continuing this amazing study as we go forward. Barry, always a pleasure having you on the show. What a uh, blessing! Thank more, you guys the, for having the me. The more times we can have you, the better. Uh, it, that's just awesome, guys. Make sure that uh, if you're watching on YouTube, that you click the subscribe button, click the little bell, so you get alerted when the the new uh, episodes are released. And uh, also, do, do us a favor and just put something in the comments. Tell us where you're listening from, um, what you thought of the show today, what's your favorite part so far of John chapter one. Mm. And man, we'd love to hear about that. We get a lot of so many of our ideas of how we you, how the show kind of flows is from comments from from 
from you guys, from mm. our listeners. So we would love if you do that. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast on, you know, wherever you listen, whether it's, you know, Apple or Spotify or any of those other things that I don't really know how they work. <laughs> but if you're listening to them there, um, jump onto our, our Facebook page and comment there. Let us know where, where you're listening to. Please share this. You know, if be like Philip, you know, be like Andrew <laughs> and, and just share the show. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, and not. Not to point people to the Riot Podcast, but so that people could be pointed to Jesus through the Riot Podcast. That's that's really what we're trying to do, and that's that's why we do what we do on a, on a weekly basis. But we love you guys. We're grateful for you. We pray we pray for you uh, continually, and uh, we just want you to have an amazing week. We pray that uh, you, you took something away from the show, and uh, that's really all I've got, guys. Any final words? I was just thinking, you know, you said that— um you know, invite people, come to know the Lord and, and just really surrender your life. But the theme that we saw throughout the whole, this verse that we read was humility. John the Baptist was humble. Yep. Nathaniel, they were all, y'all had to humble yourself to be able to come to Jesus. And if you just could just say, I know I tried it my way. It sucked. I messed it up. I'm ready to do Jesus way. Then I got it. So that's it. Humble yourself right now. Just acknowledge that, you know, you don't got it all together, but he does, you know, come and see. Fair. Amen. Hey guys, uh, I want to make this statement before we go and I don't get to get on as much as I like to, or as much as I used to, but I want you to know that this podcast is reaching people for the cause of Christ. And, uh, um, if you are financially blessed as an individual, we want you to give to your church first. Amen. We want you to take the tie to the storehouse, but if God has blessed you financially, I ask you to consider sending a seed to the riot podcast mm-hmm. and and pete didn't ask me to do this bob didn't ask me to do this but i felt led in the spirit to to say this to you that uh this ministry uh has a lid that that you could help lift mm-hmm. that financially you could help us be able to be in more countries be able to do mm-hmm. more things in ministry for the cause of christ Amen. and your finances will go a long ways It'll be used with stewardship and with honesty and accountability. Mm. And I pray that you would listen to God as he says to sow into this ministry. Thank you guys for listening today. It was an honor to be on here. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, we love you guys. We really do. And that's why we're on here. Great week. Peace. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.